Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Chapter number 15 is where we'll take our text. If you'd like to uh, stay with us, we're going to be looking uh, specifically at Isaiah chapter number 53 this morning. I want to see a a link there between Luke chapter 15 and Isaiah 53. Uh, We desire your prayers today. Appreciate the good spirit we've already felt in the singing. Let's thank the Lord for the privilege to be here. There are some that they don't have that privilege. They're not able to be here. So let's remember them when we pray. But appreciate the Lord today. Uh, Luke chapter number 15, we'll begin at verse number 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you that likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would grant us the unction. May it fill our soul again as it has so oft this week. I thank you, Father, for the power that's in it, and I pray that it would find its mark in every heart that's here. You alone, God, gives utterance to speak. So we pray earnestly, speak. Speak to us, God, that our hearts, God, might be filled with your voice. We thank you for what you're going to do. We desire it more than anything at all. For we ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Appreciate you standing for the reading of his word this morning. Um, I want to share a thought this morning. If I had a title, uh, it would be, Oh, what the Lord has carried for me. Oh, what the Lord has carried for me. The thought today will be around that, that concept of the shepherd carrying his sheep. I want to read that part to you again, in the red letters of your Bible, you'll read what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them. Now, let me stop right there and just say that there's not one among us that wouldn't allow 1% loss. As a matter of fact, I, I read a statistic not too long ago about shepherds in the Middle East, and they all estimate that they lose about uh, 20 to 25% of their flock year over year. 
to whatever, disease, predators, things of that nature. And I thought, whatever this shepherd's saying, it's on a different chord than some of the others. Some that would accept a loss of 20 to 25%, that's not what this man's saying. He is saying this as if everyone would agree with him that even if you lost one out of a hundred, they're worth going after. And he tells them why they're worth going after. He said, because they're my sheep. Makes a difference when you own them, when they're your sheep. And I'm glad that the father leaves the 90 and 9. The Lord leaves the 90 and 9 in the wilderness. In another passage, it would say safe. He leaves them safe and comes looking for that one. And according to this verse, he goes until he finds it. And when he finds it, the Bible said that he lays it on his shoulders. Now, I don't know about you, especially you ladies. You may have never toted much on your shoulders. But it's a, if it's of any weight at all, you'll put it on your shoulders. Because that's where you can carry the most weight. Uh, I, I thought about it the other day. Um, I have to unload all this cow feed and chicken feed and goat feed and dog feed. And, and, uh, and them are 50-pound bags. And you don't want to tote them around your hand. You put them on your shoulders. You just throw it up on your shoulder and you can carry it. And I thought to myself, when the Lord went hunting for that little sheep, he put it on his shoulders. You know, the shoulders is the strongest part. It's where all the body can work together, the arms, the legs, the backs, all the muscles that you've got in, in combination, they work together when you lay something on your shoulders. And, and I, I took, picked up on the part, he didn't lay it on one shoulder. He put it on both. All the strength that the shepherd's got is into carrying me. And he's often carried me. I want to say that, and the message today will be a, just a bit in reverse, but I want you to see this morning that the shepherd has carried me a great deal. There's been times in my life as the, the poem, The Footprints in the Sand, you remember that one? When the, the, the person had a dream, and often in life as they were Going through life, they could see two footprints in the sand, but did notice that there were times that there was only one. Only one set of footprints in the sand. And when uh, the person asked the Lord, said, well, it seems like, Lord, when it was the lowest and the hardest times of my life, there were only one set of prints. Why is that? And he said, why, it's not because I left you, but because I carried you. How many of us know today that there are times when he simply lays us on his shoulders and he says, I got this. How many times have we laid it down thinking I can't go no farther only to feel the weightlessness of the master pick us up and just set us on his shoulders and carry on? I'm so glad I couldn't count them all the times that there was just one set of prints in the sand the times when he came to my rescue. He came for me when I couldn't rescue myself. We left the 99 and because I'm his sheep, 
He came after me. <laughs> he went to where I was. He found me. And when he did, he just lifted me up off of the ground and he put me on his shoulders, friend, where they're uh, up above the entanglements of this world, out of the trouble of this life, away from the strife and the sorrow of my own guilt and sin. And he delivers me over and over. And he just carries me along sometimes. Oh, we can rejoice today in the great strength of our Lord and the faithfulness of our shepherd in that in our darkest times, in our lowest hour, in the time when it seems like we just can't go on, there's one that'll lift us up and lay us on his shoulders. Oh, I'm so glad for what he carries. He carries me. As an introduction this morning I'd made in some of my notes, some of the things that he's done. I'm not going to really dwell on too many of that, but, you, but I guarantee you there's a bunch in here today that could testify that there's been many times that had it not been for him carrying me, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it. And I want to thank him today. <laughs> I'm going to preach about something else, so you hang on. We're going to Isaiah 53 if you want to turn to it. But as a means of introduction today, I just want to worship the Lord for just a minute and say how glad that I am that my shepherd never takes his eye off me. He always knows where I'm at. He knows what I do. And bless his holy name for the times that he's come into my disgrace. He's come into my sorrow. He's come into my sin. He's come to when I had left him, you see. And he just reaches down and he picks me up and he lays me on his shoulders. I want you to know there ain't any way, any way that the devil can get to his shoulders. Ain't you glad of that? When I'm on the shoulders of my shepherd, there's no enemy, no enemy that can reach me. Well, I'm safe when I'm on his shoulders. Now, the purpose of putting us on his shoulders is to take us back. And I'm glad today that for the people of God, we can, we can experience what it's like to see the journey home. When you put a little lamb on your shoulders, you'll have the head and front feet on one side and the back feet and the tail on the other side. But you know what? <laughs> that little lamb can look ahead and see from a view that he could not see when he was attached to the earth that it's going to be all right <laughs> I don't know how many times that my life has just turned around just from the simple fact that I'm on his shoulders and I can see out in front of us that we headed home. We going back to the sheepfold. We're going back to that place of safety because the Lord never intended on me to be alone. He never intended for me to be out there by myself. I bless his name today that over and over my shepherd has carried me upon his shoulders. But oh, what more that he's carried for me. We can testify, all of us this morning, about the grace of God and the goodness of God that has rescued us over and over. But may I say to you today, I experienced those good rides on the shoulder of my Lord because of some other things he carried for me. Oh, what the Lord has carried Would you look with us into Isaiah chapter number 53? I'm going to begin at verse number four and share just a few with us this morning as we reflect 
on what it is the Lord has carried for us. Now, I don't imagine that this text is exhaustive. I believe today that whatever the need is, that that's, he's the answer for it. But I want you to see through the eyes of Isaiah the prophet this morning what he saw. He saw him carrying some things for us. He saw him bearing upon himself some things that we couldn't bear. He saw the Lord. <laughs> he saw him lifted up between the heavens and the earth. You see, what they couldn't see that you and I have the privilege to look backwards to is an old rugged cross, a place of suffering, a day of torment when the Lamb of God would yield himself unto the holy will of the Father and would become for you and I sin. He would become the debt for you and me. He would pay the pardon for my sin. Bless his name. He carried it all for you and I. Oh, what the Lord carried for me. Look number one at verse number four and see through the eyes of Isaiah what he saw. Here he says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. The only way to understand this text, you see, is to know that the prophet was speaking of an event that was yet to come. He was speaking of that great day of suffering. He was speaking of that time when the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man, the very one, the Son of God, come down to the earth, born of the virgin, as much God as he was man. Here he was that day. The prophet could see the suffering that was coming upon him. May I say to you today that the Lord Jesus Christ, he bore all my grief and all my sorrow. He bore it that day on Calvary. I want you to look first at the emotional, the emotional suffering that the Lord bore for you and I. Look at what he bore for you and I as they nailed him to that cross. They began to come by and the Bible said they wagged their heads saying, he saved others himself he cannot save. They said, if you be the Christ, come down from the cross and save us. One by one, they went by and they humiliated him. There he was, hanging naked between the heavens and the earth, exposed in such a humiliating passion, bearing upon himself, friend, the grief and the sorrow that comes from being a sinner. He was alienated from God in that very moment. Friend, the sorrow of it all was laid upon my Savior today. And the prophet Isaiah could see it. Can you see this morning what he's carried for you? You see, I want you to know today that I won't bear such grief as that. I'll never endure the sorrow that my Lord endured because, brother, he bore it all for me. He carried that grief and that sorrow for me. Did you know today that you won't have to bear such a grief as that? You'll not have to endure such a sorrow as that. You say, preacher, I've been humiliated before. I've been embarrassed by this world before. Let me tell you something, friend. You were never embarrassed like that day. You'll never, you'll never go through such humiliation. You'll never know what it's like to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords, having all power in heaven and earth, having uh, the ability to call legions of angels and just to whisper and to be humiliated and staying on the cross for a wicked people. You'll never know that. You'll never know such grief and sorrow as that. Oh, but the greatest sorrow was yet to come. 
It wasn't the sticks and stones that they would throw with their words at Calvary. No, the greatest grief, the greatest sorrow was to experience what I will never experience. And that is a separation from God. Amen. That that cross, the Bible said in the book of Matthew about the ninth hour, that Jesus cried with a loud voice and he said it is he said my God my God why hast thou forsaken me may I say to you today that the separation between the father and the son had never been before there would never been a time in all of eternity past present or future that that God himself would turn away from the son of God and yet we see it at Calvary on that dark hill of Golgotha we see the Lord of God hanging up between the heavens and the earth as friend he bore your grief and sorrow and as the Lamb of God witnessed the Father turn his back to him as the Son of God died for his sins that was a sorrow you'll never know no it was all on the shoulders of Jesus Christ bless his name bless his name On his shoulders he bore the emotional bankruptcy of every human being. He bore it for you today. Oh, what my Lord has carried for me. He did all that before I could ever become his sheep, you see. Everything that he did at Calvary was so that I could one day be one of his own. He had to bear my griefs according to Isaiah He said, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Or can you see on the shoulders of Christ that day as he hung in such a humiliating fashion between the heavens and the earth and emotionally he went through. (laughs) Well, glory, I'll never have to go through that. Amen. You might bow your head from time to time and say, oh, woe is me. And you might say in your distress, I cannot recover. And you might be in a fit of depression at times and say, I don't know what I'm going to do. But let me remind you that the grief of all grief and the sorrow of all sorrow was born once and for all at Calvary's Hill. And it was every bit laid upon by the blessed Lamb of God. He carried my sorrow that day. I think I'd rather just smile and say, you know what? I'm happy in him. I'm happy in him. He has carried what I couldn't carry. Oh, what the Lord has carried for me. But look not only at the emotional baggage that he carried. That was mine, you see. It was mine. And yet on his shoulders, he bore it that day. Look not only at the emotional baggage, but I want you to look at the physical Look at the physical suffering that he bore for me. Verse number five, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Listen now, Isaiah would say the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Think about that for a moment. And with his stripes, we are healed. I want you to see this morning (laughs) It began that night after that good supper was ended. After he had washed their feet and had departed into a garden, having taken a few of them with him, the Bible said that he said for them to stay right here while I go a bit farther 
And Jesus went out there and there he began to pray. And according to the Bible, the Bible said that he became in great agony as he began to pray before God. His soul was overwhelmed by that emotional suffering that was to lay upon the shoulders of my Lord. But I want you to think now about the physical suffering that began that very instant. The Bible said that he had groaned in that agony so great that his sweat became as it were great drops of blood. There's a physical name for this in the in the medical world and yet uh, what it is it's the capillaries of our blood veins they began to burst because of the agony that he was in and from the pores of his body became small droplets of blood that began to ooze from him you say was it painful yes you can't have a vein busting you without there being some pain involved I want you to know that the Lord bore my suffering at Calvary he bless his holy name. He carried the chastisement of my peace. You see, there had to be suffering. There had to be a payment for sin. There had to be a penalty. There is always a penalty. There is chastening that comes when we have deviated from the good ways of God. May I say to you today, chastening is not a new concept. But when it comes to the salvation of a soul today, his chastisement was upon him. My chastening was upon him. He bore it on his shoulders that day. All through the night, they'd take their fist, Brother Dustin, and they would hit him. I don't know about you. You ever been hit in the face with somebody's fist? They would hit him. They blindfolded him. He didn't even know it was coming. He couldn't turn his head. I want you to hear it for me. You say, why you got to do this? Because he bore it for me. That should have been me. That should have been me. But the chastisement of my peace was laid upon the Lamb of God. You say, is it true? Did they really do all that awful stuff to him? I want you to know we'll never conceive in our mind. We'll never comprehend. We'd have had to been there every step of the journey to know the agony that the Lord Jesus Christ truly endured, the suffering physically in the flesh. But I want you to know the chastisement of every step of the journey was laid upon him. Oh, what the Lord has carried for me. I can see his eyes blacked and swelled up from where they had hit him. That old blindfold on him. And them Roman soldiers, they knew how to hit. I can see his lip bleeding from where they had busted his mouth and blood running from his nose where they had hit him right in the face. Now prophesy, they said, who hit you? Amen. Can you imagine what he was bearing that day? Oh, Paul, what the Lord has carried for me. They may one day, Travis, they may one day put a blindfold on your face and in the middle of Blunt County Jail beat you and say prophesy who your Lord is now. Reject him. Turn away from him. But I want you to know, regardless of what we ever go through down here, we will never suffer physically as the Lord Jesus Christ did. They would lead him away to be scourged. 
The process of scourging killed most men. Most people didn't survive the scourging, the whipping pole. Most didn't make it. They'd strap him to a pole, stripped his garments off him so there was no protection at all. And then they would take that cat of nine tails, them big long leather straps, and each end of that strap had pieces of bone or metal tied onto them. And then they would take that, can you imagine? And they would hit him and all nine of those straps with that metal and bone would dig into his flesh. And every time it dug, it would open wounds and tear muscles and strip tendons. Can you imagine hitting the nerves in your back with that awful device of torture? You say, why did he do that? Because there is a price. There is a price for sin. And he carried it. (laughs) Glory to God, he carried my chastity. Every form of punishment. Oh, I can't watch it again. I watched it one time. Uh, I heard somebody say the other day, they watched it every year. I can't do it. You ever watch The Passion of Christ? I can't watch it. I watched it one time and I wept through it all. You know why? Because I knew it was for me. That was my fault. That was my fault. Everything he endured was my fault. of his flesh on his back and as the blood poured from all the veins in his back and the broken muscles and the, and the pain and the agony of every exposed nerve or ripped nerve or painful painful it, 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 all of that pain he bore he bore do you realize at any moment he could say that's enough he could have, he could have said stop and they would have fell over dead At any moment, he could have said no more, but he carried it. (laughs) He carried it. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. Everything that you should have got, he carried it. He carried it. Thank you, Jesus. He carried my suffering. Put upon him that old robe, that, that seamless garment, Woven throughout, not a seam in it. They put it back on him. I can see the blood starting to come through the back of it. And then they made him a crown of thorns. I don't know, but that's pretty tender stuff right up there. They made him a crown of thorns. I don't believe it's a bit gentle. No. They slammed that thing down on his head and them thorns. Found every place in his skull pile in the blood. Can you see it? The blood began to drain down into his eyes and off his face and down his back as that cruel crown. Amen. And they mocked him. King of the Jews, they said. Oh, the emotional, but the physical. Can you imagine what it was like to have such beating, to have such a, a torture being placed upon one human being? And there the Son of God suffered for you and me. The blood now covering his entire body. They took him from there and they laid an old splintered tree on his back. And they made him carry it. Now remember his back where the most damage had been done. That's where they laid it. And they made him carry that thing all the way to outside the city limits. And then outside the city 
they took him up a hill and on top of Golgotha's hill, the place of the skull, the Bible said they laid him down on that cross and they took some old rusty nails, some great big old spikes and they bound his hand on either side and they drove through his hands. Those na- Can you imagine what that's like? There he was laying down with his exposed flesh on that old splintered wood and they drove into his wrist nails. They bound his feet together and drove through his, his ankles. Amen, that big spike. And then they lifted that thing. Can you see one on each side of that thing lifting it up? And they dropped that thing down in a hole and there was the Son of God hanging by three nails. I want you to know he did that for me. He did that for me. Oh, what the Lord carried for me. He bore the chastisement of my peace. He carried all my suffering at Calvary. Bad enough to be hanging by nails. He couldn't even support his own weight by the strength or muscles in his body. No, he was supported by the nails, drove deep into that wood. And as he hunkered, as he hung there, his lungs would expire of air and he'd have to raise up, amen, to get more air in his lungs. And what he'd have to do is he'd have to stand on that nail and raise himself up enough so he could take in air and then go back down. I can't imagine what he went through. And all the while, he did it for me. Oh, what the Lord has carried for me. He bore that suffering at Calvary. There was the emotional suffering and there was the physical suffering. All of those things the King of glory did for me. He did it for me. You see, the very privilege of getting to ride on the shoulders of the Lamb of God all began at Calvary's hill. He had to bear the emotional suffering. He had to bear the physical suffering. And he would have to bear the spiritual suffering in order to ever claim me as a sheep, to give me a privilege to be in his good fold, to let me ride on those great shoulders. He had to carry some other things for me first. See, I can never be his until he had paid all of my debt. The spiritual suffering. You say, preacher, what was the spiritual suffering? Let me read to you from Second Corinthians chapter number five. I jotted it down. The apostle Paul said this of Christ, for God, for he hath made him <laughs> to be sin." For us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Let me read it to you from the eyes of Isaiah, verse number six. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him. What did he carry? And he hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse number 11, 
He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Listen, for he shall bear their iniquities. Verse number 12, therefore will I divide with him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. Look what he said, verse number 12. And he bare the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Three different verses. We find in verse number four, the emotional suffering. We find verse number five, the physical suffering. But in verses six, 11, and 12, we find a spiritual, we find a spiritual war going on. Because something happened that day that they couldn't see. They saw the emotional suffering. They saw the spirit or the, the the physical suffering, but they couldn't see what was happening other than that. But oh we can see it, can't we? Can't we see it? On Christ was laid the iniquity of us all, your vile and wretched thoughts, your unruly and, and rebellious attitudes every ungodly and wicked thing you've ever done in your life, everything that every human breathing creature has experienced and and committed over a lifetime of sinful living, every one of them were laid upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ that day. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Oh, what the Lord has carried for me. He bore all my suffering, emotional and physical. And then upon himself, on that that cruel tree of torture, he took my sin. He took my sin. See, the reason God had to turn his back on the sun was so that the sun could become sin. The only reason you and I get to go to heaven is because of that cross. Because the man on it bore my grief and my sorrow. He took the chastisement of my peace in his flesh. He suffered all of those things for me. But not only did he do that, but he received He who knew no sin, he was sinless. He had never sinned and has never sinned. He was sinless, but he who knew no sin became sin for me. And according to Isaiah, what Isaiah could see was that the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. It was your It was so my fault. And yet God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What did he do to him? His son suffered all my grief and sorrow. He suffered all the physical torment of chastening for my sinfulness. And then he became sin. For me, he took all my sin upon himself. 
that he might die for them. Oh, what the Lord has carried for me. My emotional, my physical, my spiritual suffering, all of it. The Lord laid on him, on the shoulders of Christ, was all of that. And all of that makes it possible for me to be his sheep. Makes it possible for me to know that when I stray, all oh, the shameful, all oh, the shameful times that I stray, what a wondrous truth that my shepherd can come and he can get me and he can lay me on his shoulders and he can carry me back to the fold. You say, how, why does he do that? Because he carried something before then that makes that all possible. He made the way. For you and I on the cross. Oh, what the Lord has carried for me. Come and get a soul. But I don't want to end there. I want to end with a different thought this morning. Oh, what the Lord has carried for me. There's no question about it. That he bore my grief and he carried my sorrows. And the chastisement of my peace was laid upon him. And the iniquity of us all was laid upon him. He bore it. He carried it. But the day I got saved, the day I got saved, he gave me something to carry. Hear me now. When I got born again, he gave me something to carry. He said, if you're not willing to pick up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Michael? Loved him. Died for them too. Died for them too. The very hope that I have in ever being successful in carrying his cross, the cross that he's given to me to bear. It's because he has bore all of the suffering, all of the shame, all of the reproach, everything that Christ did to save me on that cross that day creates within each one of us a zeal, what, what Jesus would call in Matthew 5, a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. And I could see there's probably several things that must be carried. But I want to give you these two as we close. We've got a cross. I don't know what your cross is like, and I don't know what he's given you to bear. But let me give you some encouragement. Bear it. Bear it. And do that with all the joy that you can have. Bear it. Get underneath that cross. It may mean some emotional suffering. It may come a time when physical suffering is also involved. But all to know that he's done carried it. He's done carried it. The weight of the cross is not what it was. No, the weight of that cross, you see, was borne mostly by him. 
I can tell you right now, mine is way lighter because of what he did, what he carried. We got to carry our cross. I'm going to challenge you, Christian. You need to carry your cross. If you're shirking the responsibilities and duties of a born-again believer, you need to get right with God. And you need to live that way. You need to bear the cross. But he also said we're to bear one another's burdens. Not only do we have a cross to bear, but we have burdens to share. For in bearing one another's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. The law of Christ. That if any man would lay down his life for his brother, there's no greater love than that. No greater love. We've got things to bear. But I tell you right now, we're only able to bear them because he bore it all. He carried it first. He carried the things we couldn't carry. And today... He often carries us. He carries us. But if you're not able today to, to clearly, with your own testimony, say, the Lord's carried me, the Lord carries me, then I wonder if you've really been saved. Have you been to Calvary and have you believed in all that he did to make a way for you? Would you stand with us this morning? We'll give a simple invitation for you to come to Christ. If the Spirit of God is bidding you to come, just consider what He's carried for you. Consider what He's done for you. Would you come?